You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here talking all things Texas A&M, and unfortunately, it's another week and no college football. Yep, that's right. Texas A&M will not be playing this upcoming weekend as much as people wanted to see the Aggies return to Kyle Field. Not going to be happening right now. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to save 20% off your next purchase. That promo code is LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. As always, before we begin every show, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality sounding podcast, Monday through Friday, we are on every single day. Give me a follow and I will add it in to the promo score. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th May related content found here on LOP. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So unfortunately, this is one of those few times where Texas A&M actually is the problem. It's not Ole Miss. It is an SEC violation. It is exactly what's going on in the SEC right now. So it's just the reality of it. And unfortunately, A&M has to follow protocol. So as of right now, Texas A&M will not face off against Ole Miss this upcoming weekend, according to what the Southeastern Conference said today. In a press release released to all 14 schools in the SEC, it stated the Ole Miss-Texas A&M football game on November 21st has been postponed due to continued quarantine of individuals within the Texas A&M football program consistent with the Southeastern Conference COVID-19 management requirements. Because Texas A&M has great tentatively scheduled for December 12th, the opportunity will be rescheduled for Ole Miss at Texas A&M will be evaluated. The rescheduling of games on the remaining SEC football schedule will include include December 19th as a playing date. Now, A&M, of course, still has four games remaining on the year, and they are expected to actually return next week for sure when they take on LSU, Ed Orgeron, and of course, the defending national champions in the Tigers. After that, they will go travel to the Plains of Auburn to take on the other set of Tigers, led by Gus Malzahn and Bo Nix, and then they will go back on the road to face off against Tennessee. That game is 100% going to happen. Why do I mention the game about potentially Ole Miss maybe happening, maybe not happening? What's the reasoning for that? Well, to anyone who's paying attention, December 19th is a very important game. And it's because December 19th also is the date of the SEC championship. So right now, for Texas A&M, that's a big deal because of they are very much in the playoff hunt. Now, any other year, say so so let's just go with this. So if AM does not win against LSU, more than likely they're out of the playoff hunt. They would have to win out effectively. A lot of other teams would have to continue to lose and they would have to jump all the way back into the top six, which is where they are right now. Naturally so. Fortunately Florida did jump them, but they are still in the top six. When you look at the rest of the schedule going ahead, it's a little tricky. Because if they drop one game, they're out. They don't have to play against Ole Miss. But if they finish 8-1, and and they're staying the course, and they're on a good path to continue to have a quality outing, 
continue to play good football and continue to be in that running conversation of whatever scenario there is on to get into the college football playoff, they have to have this game. They have to have the game that says, we finish 9-1. and one. Now, after that, everything is up in the air. You don't have to go much further after that. That's just the reality of it. You don't have to play if you're out of the conversation. And right now, technically, Texas A&M would be out of the conversation. They are number 6. And it's looking like they're going to remain at 6 unless a team ahead of them falls. I Again, I truly believe the game to watch for, if it's not Notre Dame-UNC, it was Notre Dame-Boston College, and Ian Book had a good game. I mean, that, that, that really was it. Five touchdowns. Jeff Healy's squad had a pretty decent game. They just need to figure out what they're doing at quarterback. Actually, that's exactly what they have. They have a quarterback. They don't have anything else. I don't see Clemson losing another game. Uh, Alabama, I mean... Arkansas is a really dangerous team, and they got killed by Florida, and that's why Florida jumped AM in the rankings. You have to look at the ins and outs. I, I just, right now, they're not in, and getting that SEC playoff game would put them in. However, what works for AM is that they are the sixth seed, and as long as they're in that top six, they're in a very good spot because Ohio State more than likely is the only team that will not play at least 10 games that will get in the college football playoff. I don't see a way where you take a 5-1 and one, uh, Oklahoma State team when they lose to Texas, who's unranked, and was unranked when they played. I don't see Cincinnati getting in. I don't. I mean, you look at what the score was against Eastern Carolina. I and mean, that's not a game. That's one really sound team from the area that, unfortunately, is going to continue to win. They're the best team right now, and it's because of good coaching. I do think that also there's going to be a rematch between Clemson and Notre Dame, and you can make an argument that Notre Dame does not belong in there if they continue to play close games against teams like Louisville, against teams like Boston College, against teams like UNC. They maybe don't deserve to be in that conversation of a top four team, even though they beat Clemson. What's going to matter is the score of that Clemson game now that Trevor Lawrence is in the backfield. If he's in and it's a quality game, yeah, so be it. There we go. We know exactly what we're looking for and we have it on film. Hey, this is where the Tigers have been successful. This was the one game they lost. Was number 16 back there? No? Okay, well, guess what? He was and they won by 30. Notre Dame's not in that conversation. And if Clemson loses to Ian Book in the Fighting Irish, by the way, congratulations to uh, Brian Kelly on getting his 100th win. They're out of the conversation. Alabama loses to Florida. Well, Florida has to be in. Does Alabama have to be in? Or if A&M didn't have the option of playing in that game, are they in? And then if Alabama wins, Florida's out. And guess who's sitting right there at number five? I mean, number six. So that would mean four and five lose. Right up there, number six. AM's not out of this conversation whatsoever. But the margin of error is dwindling little by little. You have to beat LSU. You have to clobber Auburn. And by the way, I'll be honest with you guys. I said the very start of the year that was gonna be that AM was gonna finish eight and two. And I still believe that there's a shot at happening. I believe now more so it's nine and one. But I said that the two games that they were going to lose was not Florida and Alabama. It was Auburn and Alabama, and I was right on one of them. I still think Auburn is a sneaky team. Now, if they get past Auburn, 
Just get through those next two games. This was the biggest fear of mine. And it's starting to come true a little bit. This is where I worry about Texas A&M. They had such momentum and they're not going to be playing for two weeks. You also have LSU who's going to be at least rested two weeks. Even if they do continue to play this weekend. Which still is up in the air right now. All four schools are still up in the air. Every game last week. So the Mississippi State, uh, Missouri, uh, the Mississippi State LSU game. Or Auburn game. That's still postponed, and those two teams are still looking for games. You don't know if Alabama and LSU are going to play this week. You don't know if Tennessee is going to be playing this week, and you don't know if Georgia and Missouri are going to be playing their respective opponents this week. You don't know. Right now, A&M is the only one that's not playing, and it's because of they have more players that have to get through the quarantine process. But I look at this team, and A&M does not have margin for error, and they were on such a good streak going in. Can they pick up that streak against LSU? Can they pick up that streak against Tennessee? And more importantly, a team like Ole Miss, who I thought was the trap game. This was more so overall the trap game, in my opinion. They have a fantastic offense. The defense is duty. But if you put up points and the other team just can't find a way to win, which A&M has shown this time against Vanderbilt, which is about a very similar defensive front, you're in a bit of a pickle. So I hope AM can really pull it together. Because missing two weeks is not fun. Very much in the hunt, but things just got a little difficult out in College Station. You know what else is difficult? Being an adult. I don't really know how many of you actually understand just how much you always feel like you're on. Now, whether that means that you don't have a moment to chill, or you always are looking for a chance to hit that reset button but never can find the time... That's why I do recommend whenever you do get that chance to have a moment to chill, grab a beer that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. Even if it's just a sport that you kind of like this year, Coors Light gives you an opportunity to sit back, relax, and drink an ice-cold beer. That's because of they are cold-lagered, cold-filtered, and cold-packaged by the great people of the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado, and it's mountain-cold fresh. It's literally made to chill. I literally, every single chance I get a moment to breathe, grab an ice cold beer. And I know my beer is going to be cold as the Rockies because of the blue mountains found on the bottle. So when you go want to hit your reset button, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get the Coors Light new straight delivered to your door at get.coorslight.com. And remember, celebrate responsibly. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you love quality podcasts surrounding your favorite sports teams? If so, why not listen to a Locked On podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports teams, plus every team covered in the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, and highlight information to get you geared up and win your fancy sports teams. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So we got some big news coming out of College Station today. We'll talk about Jimbo Fisher's press conference tomorrow, but instead, junior linebacker Anthony Hines, who opted out for the 2020 season late in September, is now officially done with his college career. He's not going to transfer. He's not coming back to College Station. Instead, he will be declaring for the 2021 NFL Draft. Dear 12th man, It has been an absolute honor to represent y'all as a student athlete for the past four years. I have built bonds with my teammates, learned the same of great minds in football, and experienced moments that I will cherish forever. 
I still get goosebumps remembering those moments running out onto Kyle Field with my brothers, powered by Kanye West and the roar of a 100,000 fighting Texas Aggies echoing throughout all of College Station. It was in these moments I saw the hearts of A&M. I would like to thank the coaching staff for helping me build and mold into the person I am today. They have been nothing but supportive throughout this opt-out process. To my brothers, I love y'all boys, and I am proud to see y'all finding success as a brotherhood. I would like to thank all my coaches, teachers, and mentors who have guided me to where I am today. And I'd like to thank my parents and sister. I'm so grateful for your continued belief in me. Without your love and support, I would not have made it to this point. With that said, I am announcing I will forego my remaining eligibility and declare for the 2021 NFL Draft. I will forever be an A&M Aggie. Giggum, Anthony Hines. So, sentimental? Absolutely. It definitely means something, I think, when you do take that opportunity to either transfer or call it a career and move on to the next level. And that's exactly what Hines is doing. Hines is now the third player from Texas A&M to join the NFL draft circle, including Jamon Osmond, wide receiver, and cornerback Elijah Blades. Both declared before the start of the season they elected to opt out in order to better prepare for the upcoming NFL draft. Now, Aaron Hansford, who's also a senior, has done a very nice job replacing Hines during the process. A lot of people actually got a little upset with Hines because if he decided to opt out towards the very, very, very end of the season in order to, you know, kind of solidify what was going on with himself, with his mind. You know, the biggest thing that he was talking about was the Black Lives Matter movement, something that he was very prominent in, something he was very positive about, and he did a fantastic job representing the Aggie Corps in what it means to be a member of the Black Lives Association, and you have to give him a lot of credit, but his mind was not ready for football, his mind was in another place, and hopefully his mind will be better suited when it comes time to possibly go to the NFL Draft Combine in Indianapolis, or at least to have a shot to make it onto a practice squad. The main concern I have about Hines overall is he took over for uh, Otero Alaka and Tyrell Dotson last year. He was the second leading tackler with 70 tackles, 39 of them were solos, 10.5 tackles for losses, four quarterback hurries. He did not record a sack, but he did have an overall quality year after missing most of the 2018 campaign. There's a lot of good linebackers in this draft class, and when you don't have tape this year like you would any other year, you have to wonder what else is out there. Now, again, that doesn't mean that he won't get drafted, but you look at some of these wide receivers moving up draft boards, and I wonder where does Jamon Osmond fall? Because he's not going to have the tape like some of these other guys. Also, on the flip side, some of these other guys like um, Sage Sherratt out of North Carolina is having a rough year. So when you look at him at linebacker, maybe it was a better idea for him to opt out instead of opt in for the season. It's really kind of a flux situation. I don't know if there's enough starts under Heinz's belt that will make him a top-tier name to watch for in the draft protocol. I can see him probably getting selected just because of his speed alone. He's very fast, does a very good job in coverage, does a very good job kind of playing against those tight ends. So sub-linebacker packages are something that I think the NFL definitely would need for him. But it looks just a little fishy right now. I give him a lot of credit. He's going to represent the 12th man proud. He's going to graduate from A&M with a, you know, with a degree. He's going to be someone to watch for as another representative of the Aggies in the NFL. I just don't know what his draft stock is. But at the same time, I don't know what Elijah Blade's draft stock is. Junior college transfer, 
coming into A&M. Didn't start at the very beginning of the year. Kind of took over for Debbie Renfro. Renfro kind of got moved around to safety. Got moved around to nickel corner. Dime packages was kind of his big deal. And I just don't know what the plan is moving into the second half. So I look at all that. And hopefully these Aggies understand that when you don't have tape like some of these other players, it could boost or hurt your draft stock. And for Hines, it's kind of a middle ground. I wish him nothing but the best of luck. Gig him forever. And you know what? Whatever happens, you will be a proud 12th man member somewhere on an NFL roster. There's some other news coming out of Texas A&M on another player leaving the program. Who is it? We'll discuss that in just a quick moment. Guys, this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, I know you've heard the Built Bar promos in the past, but you also have to realize they don't just have their 12 original flavors. Six new flavors, including apple, almond, crisp, cherry bakia, salted caramel brownie, and so much more have joined the shelves. These are more of a candy bar than they are a protein bar because they're covered in 100% real chocolate with a soft nougat center that makes them easy to chew. Now, not only are they great for someone on the keto diet because they can help you maintain or lose weight, but they're high in fiber, low in calorie, high in protein, and low in fat. They're definitely a product I think that works for you in whatever you need. Whether you need a pickup to go to the gym, whether you need a pickup to wake up in the morning, whether you just need a snack to get you through the remainder of your day, Built Bar is definitely the bar for you. And go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On to save 20% off your next order. That promo code is Locked On at BuiltBar.com. Whatever you need to do to get through your day, start your day off right with a delicious treat that's made for your specific needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure to subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and Spotify. And if you can't do that, listen every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So, Texas A&M, unfortunately, is losing another player. Now, it's not a big, big name, but it is a name to watch for. And that is freshman redshirt wide receiver Cam Brown. According to reports from Gigum 24-7, uh, Brown has entered the NCAA transfer portal. He's expected to be added to some roster in the coming days. Uh, this was a guy who a lot of people thought was going to have a breakout year, especially with who left the program. He was a big-time slot receiver, a guy who you really want to connect with on short, efficient passes. And when Cordy Davis left, when Jamon Osmond left, when Anaya Smith was moved to running back, Cameron Buckley was the only guy who really knew how to play the slot, who was effective. Brown was supposed to be the one to step up. Um, That just really wasn't the case. And then Hezekiah Jones came back. He was healthy. And now that he's healthy, he's taken a majority of the snaps in the slot, and Brown's production has immensely dropped. Uh, He had four receptions uh, with the Aggies uh, in the first two games. He's actually pretty effective. He did not even record a catch versus Arkansas. Uh, or Mississippi State, and he did not suit up at all during the game against South Carolina. You know, this is a guy who has speed. This is a guy who has been a name to watch for. Uh, You have to look at some of the things that he can do in the slot. You have to look at some of the things he can do with his hands. You got to look at some of the things he can do coming out of high school. He was a vertical threat at Colleyville High in uh, Colleyville, Texas. He had 30 catches for 533 yards. He averaged over one. 17.78 yards per reception and seven touchdowns during his senior year. He finished his high school career with 147 receptions, 2,438 yards, and 39 touchdowns. He's a productive guy. 
The biggest question is when you don't hit immediately at the collegiate level, or you don't show some type of promise, you kind of get lost in the mix. And that's just kind of what it is. There's nothing that I would say is bad. It's just what else can you do? There's always a guy who's going to be right behind you. And unfortunately in college, you see this happen more often than not. I mean, Cam Brown was a four-star recruit, if I'm not mistaken. He did a fantastic job, you know, in high school. He was highly recruited. He came to A&M. And in two years, he's leaving the program. And that's probably because of who's behind him. I mean, you have Hezekiah Jones, who's the veteran of this group. But everyone else is still young. Chase Lane is still young. You still have Jalen Preston still young. You have uh, Damon Demas coming up. He's a freshman. You have Moosin Muhammad III coming up. You have Dylan Wright, who I actually, if, if there was one player who I thought maybe would transfer, it'd be him. But it's not. It's a guy who actually was seeing playing time. The biggest question is where does he go now and where does he fit? There's definitely, I think, a lot of schools in the SEC that would want a guy who's productive in the slot, especially with younger quarterbacks. I think a team like Kentucky could use him. I think a team like even Tennessee could use him. I think his market will be available, but this is an actually kind of sad loss for AM. I thought that he was going to be a guy who could step up as one of these top three receivers, and he just never found his footing. Maybe that's because of Kellen Mond didn't trust him. Maybe that's because of Jimbo Fisher didn't want to use him that much. I don't really know. What I do know, though, is that when you have players who are talented but are limited in their role, eventually they get frustrated and eventually they try to transfer to get more playing time. Overall, it's not a shocker that you're going to lose Cam Brown, but at the same time, hopefully it opens up more playing time for DeMond Demas. This is a five-star recruit, top 25 player in the nation. He's barely seen snaps this year. And when you look at what Devon Oshane has brought to this offense so far this season, it's very promising. He's been limited, but he's exactly what you want in kind of one of those gadget players. You now have an opening for a number two wide receiver. I think it's clear Chase Lane is the number one, and I think Hezekiah Jones is a third down efficient guy. But you need that number two possessional receiver, and I think that that's where Demas would fit in. There's now an opening for another receiver in Tripp's formation. And between him and Jalen Preston, let's see him battle it out. I would love to see going into next week against LSU. They have a top cornerback in Derek Stingley. Derek Stingley is going to be a top 10 pick in the 2022 NFL draft. That's 100% going to happen. He's too good to be anything at less than that. He's too well-rounded in coverage. So he's going to be locking down Chase Lane. Hezekiah Jones can step up in the slot. They don't have linebackers who can cover. I can tell you that right now. They lost both Jacob Phillips and Patrick Queen, who were fantastic in coverage last year for the Tigers. They have nobody in that position. Anywhere in that 7-11 seven, seven yard range, you will win. The safety's going to have to crack down and make a big play. Or, you have Demas on the outside winning against his six foot three body style that lets him get open and lets him find success. I think this could be a very big, 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 big game for Demas this upcoming week. That's good for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about what Jimbo Fisher said at the press conference. 
how this game is going to affect the remainder of the season, what he believes is going to happen moving into the second half of this now four-game fiasco that is Texas A&M football. We will see you then, and remember, you give me all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.